2018. Finally. <laughs> Good riddance, 2017. Blue wave, baby. Yes. So there's a lot of very like optimistic feelings about Are there? 2018. I don't know. I mean, compared to 2017, I myself had a lot of optimistic feelings. I had them. You had them. Yeah. So it is now five days in. (laughs) Like, I didn't even bother making any New Year's resolutions. No. But I've just been, like, comparing my lifestyle to other other people's New Year's resolutions, like people who are dieting and whatever. Oh. And I'm just like... New Year's resolution. Don't cry every day. Yeah. Every single day, I've been, like, eating my feelings. Sure. Absolutely. (laughs) As you should. I've already had mac and cheese this year three times. Trump and beans are in office. Um, that's a bottle of wine and 97 carbs a minute. Yeah, 97 carbs a minute. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes, totally depending on his that's, uh, that's the frequency of tweet storms. What did but he say today? He's a very he's, sane genius? He's a stable genius. Stable. Stable genius. Unlike us, we're unstable geniuses. <laughs> sure. Listen, compared to him. I mean, do geniuses necessarily call themselves geniuses? Like, it would be really great if Stephen Hawking, like, piped up about now. Like, <laughs> actually, buddy, I'm a stable genius. <laughs> we need, like, some bar of measure. Like, um, for people to just... Compare their buttons. Yeah, because you know what, My like, button's bigger than your button. The real stable geniuses yeah. are I, not... My button is not only bigger, but it's more stable. I want that. I want oh. Barack Obama to chime in, chime in and say... My stable button. Yeah. My button is more stable than your button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, okay. Um, let's... Okay, so we're going to talk a little bit about some local stuff. And then we're going to talk about some stuff upsetting Jesse on a national level. It's, it's not just upsetting Jesse, it's upsetting all of us. But I just kind this of is, yesterday know, didn't read the news. I, so. I don't go to therapy, so I go to podcast. Oh, right. That's what we're here for. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So if Jesse sounds a little funny, it's because she's lying horizontally, crying, on the, sobbing. Jamie's couch. <laughs> That's why I fluffed my pillows. These pillows are uh, water resistant, right? Um, yeah, I mean, they're silk, but oh. that could be water resistant. Great, okay. Sure. <laughs> so, okay. Amy. Yeah. How did our governor start off 2018? Did he start it by, I don't know, fixing the subways that mm. today um, are running on the F line, but via the A track oh locally? This is why I try not to go anywhere on the weekends. Yeah. But I understand that that's impossible. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Governor Cuomo started the year off ambitiously, mm-hmm. let's say. Um, maybe not altogether, mm, I want to say with, I want to, like, I'm thinking, okay, he had, like, how many proposals? Like, 38 proposals yeah, so of, he, like, very progressive Governor Cuomo did his state policies. State when? What day was that? On the 3rd. Right. Which was Wednesday. Right. It was a, this was a long state of the state it was super long he had a lot of progressive policies i mean obviously like reading the tone taking the the temperature of the room in new york this past year which has been pretty obvious that a lot of grassroots groups advocates and just any liberal in general um is like pretty concerned about the state of our country so I mean, like, he's setting aside his very moderate stance on a lot of things and, like, wanting to, like, his typical um, preference for maintaining the status quo. And then he's, like, giving all of these progressive things, like voter reform, criminal justice reform, actually talking about, like, codifying Roe v. Wade. Um, What else was he talking about? The issues are, all of this sounds great on paper. Yes. So many good ideas, Cuomo. Thanks. Um, although I'm sure they weren't your ideas because you didn't even know what the bill was called. It's called the Reproductive Health Act, not I mean, Roe v. Wade. Many That's of a us, court case. Many <laughs> of us have been calling your office, standing outside your office, and writing letters to your office about the Reproductive Health Act for years, and you have yet to actively do anything about it. So mm-hmm. based on that alone... 
can Cuomo and or will Cuomo actually put his pen where his mouth is and and push any of these bills through? I mean, so Amy, you wrote a really impossible. powerful letter, or helped us write a really powerful letter to Cuomo based on this state of the state. And I think that... There you- were, yeah, there were a couple of us organizations. It was war... It was Indivisible Nation BK, it was 350, it was Brooklyn Voters Alliance, and I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple others, but they're on the letter. Um, they're we'll, signed we'll on the letter to Cuomo's. Yeah. And we also write a, uh, wrote, Pam, our co-chair, wrote, wrote a really great op-ed to Times Union in response. But basically what we're saying is, like, this seems very disingenuous from Cuomo. Um, he's obviously trying to appeal to his base. He's obviously like trying to kickstart his 2020 campaign. I'm sorry, no, no. God help us. Face that I, just made. <laughs> I think he's trying to appeal and appease at the same time, which yeah. is impossible to do. Uh-huh. But I do think that some of the things that you mentioned at the start of your letter, mm-hmm. we are grateful for him doing. So. Right. Like, thanks for mentioning this. You know, like, it is encouraging to hear you at least talking about these issues. Like, in 2017, the only mention of reproductive rights was that he said it was about, like, a five-second long statement that was like, and we will stand strong, we will stand up to anyone who is threatening a woman's right to choose, and then next topic. Right. No, no like, policy, no saying how that was going to happen. And then when we're asking you for day in and day out, every week standing outside your office, and you couldn't do shit to get Reproductive Health Act passed. Oh, you that cursed is what, first this time. Thanks. Oh, yes, I started <laughs> the year off with cursing first. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that is why it's we're very skeptical of like what is he actually going to do, and especially because I mean there are going to be two, there are two vacancies in the Senate. And he's not planning on calling any special elections until after the budget. I was going to tell you to run. I was going to tell you to move to Long Island and just run. Just do it. <laughs> we need you. I I'm sorry. Nothing will make me ever move, move to Long Island. Island. No, not even no. that, Amy. No, not I'm even sorry. I would have to stay in Brooklyn. Um, um, but yeah, so the IDC is most likely going to stay in place. And even with that proposed union that they had a couple months ago, it was still stating that... That Flanagan is going to stay in charge until the budget is finalized in April. Right. So April tell me how any April. of this policy... Sorry, I just slammed my couch. I know. That it's, probably, it's, a, it's a gavel. <laughs> couch gavel. Tell me how any of these progressive policies are going to get passed when Flanagan, who is going to be the leader of the Senate again, even though they don't have a true majority and two districts aren't even being represented this whole Senate session... When he says, like, this is, like, totally unrealistic and how is anybody going to pay for this? Like, he's already setting it up for shooting these policies down. I think he's very smartly, mm-hmm. and I say that with a bajillion grains of Himalayan sea salt, <laughs> setting himself up to be the martyr like he was last election cycle. So what he's, what he's doing is setting it, setting it up so that he gets to propose all these things and then say, well, they couldn't get passed because of the IDC or they couldn't get passed because we have no, you know, reconciliation or we couldn't get passed because it wasn't, it's not my fault. Yeah. This is exactly what he did last year in January. Remember when he stood up on Women's Day yep. with Planned Parenthood and was like, we are going to whatever, have free birth control and add this, uh, abortion rights to the state constitution. And then he put it on everybody else. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, wait, except to have any amendment to the constitution, you have to have it passed through both the assembly and the yeah. Senate twice and voted on by the general public. And you know what I have to say? When we met with Kelly Owens, she said, but where were all of you years ago? You know what, Kelly Owens? Some of us were still talking about this. Kelly Owens said, mm-hmm. you all should have been going up to Albany. Mm-hmm. At this point, there is nothing else that we can do. But also, that is such bullshit because, granted, yes, a lot more people are involved now. 
But that's because look of the state of affairs. Like, yeah, when we were under Obama, there was no things were not perfect. Right. We had still a long way to go. Yep. But we were not regressing. Right. And that is what's happening now. Right. And that's why, yeah, like obviously Trump being elected was a catalyst. Um, and it's, I mean, it did get a lot of people motivated to speak up. But don't use that against us as an excuse exactly. to not do shit, Kelly Owens. Like, we're not stupid. <laughs> like, I really can't stand all of these like red herrings and like talking points that are just being used against people who are actually trying to make change. Like, well, and it does take the the sort of blame, I guess, off of off of that. Cuomo, yeah. And Cuomo's like, we we were just talking about this. Like Cuomo saying that New York is a beacon of progress, and we're gonna once again lead the lead the charge on this. And it's like. Cuomo, you were so full of shit, A, like you were saying, when were we ever really a beacon of progress? Like, yes, liberals flock to the city, but we are not represented in our elected offices on policies that matter to the constituents. We still have a Republican majority. I mean, if you look at the state of New York, it's conservative. Mm -hmm. And like we were saying before, you know, New York has never had a, a female governor has never had a female mayor so Cuomo's saying we're gonna go back to the good old days I don't really remember when those good old days were all I can imagine that he's talking about is like 1970s when they were passing what was considered baby yeah what was considered then like when we passed the abortion law that we have still in place today I mean before Roe v Wade so maybe we get out there and burn some bras both for like effect and heat yeah let's just Let's just, I mean, instead of doing laundry, I'd rather just Good burn it off. Burn it. Let's do it. I'm all for it. Yeah. March and burn. So, I mean, all I'm saying is like, we're here as organizers because we want change. Cuomo says he wants change. He wants New York to be progressive. The only way that's going to happen is by getting progressive legislation actually passed. So when you are willingly stopping that, like hindering that by this stupid fucking construction it's two for you. <laughs> of the state Senate, like no other state has, and it's completely screwing over everybody in the state, Republicans and Democrats, like, how do you think, like, it's just like, it's so insulting. I think he needs to be willing to ruffle some feathers and lose some votes. I think if you compare Cuomo to Jerry Brown, and granted, I know that California is a different state, but California's makeup is, it can be compared to New York because the California has deeply red pockets, uh-huh. and Jerry Brown has to contend with that. And what he's done is stand up and say, we are going to be a sanctuary state. Yeah. We are going to keep going. You know, we're going to um, uh, comply with the Paris Climate, Paris Climate Accord. Um, we are going to protect women's rights. He has been vocal about that, mm-hmm. but he's also been active about that. Yeah, he's walking the walk. Exactly. And that's what Cuomo's not doing. Exactly. So I think that Cuomo needs to be, needs to take Eric Schneiderman as his, you know, role model. Mm-hmm. And as a team... Like we've seen in other states where governors and attorneys general work together, mm-hmm. they really have the capacity to make New York a beacon, as he said. Yeah. Um, I do want to point out, though, the one thing that we were talking about before that he did do that um, is a positive is the domestic violence law that he just yeah. passed. So do you want to give him a, a Okay. Thank you, Cuomo. I mean, yeah. I mean, he and then also the paid family, paid family leave. Yeah, which which is is his. For New York, it passed, and it's going into effect. But he didn't write that. Did he write that? No. No. You're right. So, (laughs) and he gets like half a star for that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he he acknowledged the issues that are important that are important. So thanks for acknowledging them. Now fucking do something about it. You know? Okay, got it. Acknowledging your problems is the first step. 
towards recovery. <laughs> now, please recover from being such a two-faced <laughs> fucking slime ball. Sorry. I love it. <laughs> and also, maybe do something to get some, like, grassroots donations because, He doesn't I mean, need them, man. No, he's going to fucking need them because your your donations of $1,000 aren't going to translate to votes. No. You know, like, he, he needs has more so donations money. of, like, oh, he has plenty of money. But that's not the problem. Like, he needs to actually build that support from grassroots. We don't want him to get votes. I want Zephyr Teachout to win. Well, yeah. But I'm saying, like, I'm talking. Can we do a whole podcast on Zephyr Teachout? Yeah. Okay, great. I mean, maybe, maybe she... One can hope, but maybe she wants to talk to us. Hey, Zephyr. <laughs> it's, Zephyr. it's Amy and Jesse. I know that some electeds, uh, no, some <laughs> some aspiring electeds do listen to our podcast. Hi, Zephyr. All the, I was gonna say with also with the, uh, with the with the first initial Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But where was I going with what I was talking about? Was if Cuomo plans on running. Uh, in 2020, Ugh. which we'll have to cross that bridge when we come to it. God. Because that's going to be, we're going to have to do a deep dive. He can't cross bridges. He doesn't have the uh, structural <sighs> capability <laughs> subway. Yeah. It needs some more infrastructure <laughs> dollars in the budget for that, crossing that bridge. All right. All right. So, <laughs> moving on well away done. from New York. <laughs> so, from, from state of the state to state of other states. Look at that. Nice. Thank you. Segway. I try. Pro. Um, I know, right? Uh, so, oh God, yesterday. Yesterday was when both feminism and journalism died for me. Um and here is why. So, uh, states that started with vowels just just failed. Yeah, Amy. Which one do you want to go with first? I don't know. Alphabetical order or? Oh God! If, if it goes in alphabetical order. Wait, what comes first? Indiana, Ohio. Iowa, or Ohio? No, eyes. Ohio. Oh wait. Oh my no. God! I Amy. really suck at the alphabet. <laughs> Thank God I don't teach kindergartners <laughs> like you do. <laughs> All right. So, so I just make clothes for them. I don't teach Indiana. them. Oh, man. Okay. I'm, I'm cutting that out. It's all right. No, <laughs> keep it in. Keep it in. Okay. So, <laughs> so we're, we're going to start with Indiana, both because it comes in alphabetical order and because it's the one that we're least worried about. Okay. Okay. So, our good friend, Representative Kurt Nisley from Goshen. Kurt Misery. Uh, ba-bam. Kurt with Bam. a C. Yeah. I mean, come on now. Ugh. Um has introduced a total abortion ban. House Bill 1097. Okay? So, this is just, like, an example of, if it didn't work before, just do it again. Yeah. So, last year, um, they introduced a total abortion ban. This is an almost identical bill. Last year, um, the House refused to hear it. It was found unconstitutional. Um, But House Bill 1097 would criminalize all forms of abortion... And allow prosecutors to file charges against those who participate in the procedure. So, women who undergo abortions, doctors who perform abortions, under any circumstances. In Indiana, right? In Indiana. Um, Again, there is little to no chance that this bill is going to be heard. But, Representative Curtinously was (laughs) voted into the House by people who presumably know what he stands for, mm-hmm. and that's a fucking problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Moving on alphabetically. But on, okay, so looking at this article. Yes. In Indie Star. Yes, yeah, sorry. I sent Amy many, many articles yesterday in my rage and fear. Is that the one that I sent you? Yes. Of course. I gotcha. <laughs> you are the source of all of my Midwest I'm news. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, I got to be good for something. Yes, IndieStar.com. Yeah, so. Look at this. Look at this man. This is what I'm saying here. Like, ah, uh, all right, this guy. That's House Speaker Brian Bosma. Smiling yes. smugly. Smiling. Just Brian so Bosma, fucking happy with himself. for civility. Right. So, okay. You want to talk about the rift. What I was gathering from this article is there's, okay, 
there's super conservative pro, uh, sorry, anti-choice, yes. super conservative activists called Hoosiers for Life. Woo-hoo! Like, oh my God, like know, get a be fucking better. clue. All right, the Hoosiers suck, yeah. all right? And again, these are, this is like the... Hoosiers for Hoosier. life. Hoosiers. Hoosier. It's based on their like basketball, basketball right? I yeah, they movie. they just all call themselves Hoos- Hoosiers over um, there. Hoosiers for life, I guess, because they're looking out for the lives of fetuses. Great. Um, great. Thanks. So, good job, guys. So they, I'm not even gonna get started on like pregnancies that are not viable. And all the like, dead fetuses are thanking you. Good. Um, so <laughs> they are a, a fun little faction of Tea Parties and the Liberty Coalition. Mm-hmm. Great. So they're mad because they, they feel that the Republican electeds aren't doing enough. Right. The Republican electeds. This right. isn't even Democrats versus uh-huh. Republicans. Uh-huh. They feel like, I mean, I'm kind of, I know, in like a weird way, I'm kind of like, wow, that's almost good news. Yeah, it's like because, they're eating their own. Yeah, yeah. It kind of, in my eyes, means, and maybe I'm being naive, but that the Republican electeds know that the things that they're proposing are fucking crazy. Um, although, I will say, notwithstanding this stupid abortion bill, which is going to be found on unconstitutional, so I don't think it will really pass um but i just i think it's like it's important to understand the dialogue that's happening on the other side of the aisle as like disturbing as it is it's kind of good to know that there are some there are counters to what is like so extreme right and and again this doesn't necessarily mean it doesn't mean at all that republicans are pro-choice it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that they are um right no pro a woman's right to to define her own autonomy. This means that they know that this doesn't have yeah the votes, and it also it sounded like just isn't as much of a priority as getting tax cuts. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. like, even though they still want you know women to not have autonomy over their bodies, they still don't want that. But they just want tax cuts for the rich more than that. Right. Right. You know, because it's all about it's. Every man for himself. Right. We're going to look at where their priorities are. Only the men, though. Not, I mean. No, please. Right. Nobody cares about the women here. Speaking of men. Yes. And states that start with an I. Okay. (laughs) This is on to Iowa. Iowa. So, um, Bob Vanderplatz, a lovely man, the president and CEO of The Family Leader, uh, sent an email to his supporters. You ready? You want to know what it said? Yeah. Make Iowa the state that overturns Roe versus Wade with the goal to eradicate abortion from America forever. Okay, and what the fuck? Mm-hmm. So. All right, so tell us how this could happen, being that Roe v. Wade is a federal law. It's a federal law. law. I will tell you. So, um, God. Whew. Um, is it a test case kind of avenue they're seeking? Interestingly... The Iowa legislator met the, uh, for their 2018 session for three key measures. There is, yet again, a personhood bill mm-hmm. that says that life begins at conception. We've been here. We've done this. They right. keep going. And that's in the latest tax bill as well. Correct. Yeah. Um, and that's where... We get sticky. Mm-hmm. This is why, just again, Governor Cuomo, we need the RHA because federally we've got Mike Pence in there who's going to keep trying mm-hmm. to overturn this anywhere he can. But so there's a personhood bill. Um, they're going to, uh, in Iowa, cut the entire state's ties to Planned Parenthood, meaning that no Planned Parenthood would be able to act within the borders of Iowa. And, and this is where we get ridiculous, even more ridiculouser. Mm-hmm. Outlaw the sale of fetal body parts. Now, Mm -hmm. this doesn't need to be said, (laughs) but I'm going to say it. Okay. When was, when were the videos, the Planned Parenthood videos? Three years ago. Okay. So they've already been proven Mm -hmm. to be 
Completely fabricated. Exactly. Yeah. Over-edited. I don't even know the word. This Um, is a scarecrow tactic. Thank you. So, Planned Parenthood, when you see those hashtag body part whatever, Mm -hmm. they don't. It's a lie. It's ridiculous. And this is a dog whistle that they use. Mm -hmm. So, this shouldn't even be on the floor. However, the personhood bill was two votes short of getting approval last session. Hmm. And if it gets approval this session, would ban abortions in the state of Iowa. So it declares that life begins at conception. Yes. <clears throat> Again, women do not know, most women do not know they are pregnant right. for at least six weeks. At least six weeks. Um, it's much further along if you know that there is something wrong with the fetus. Um, if you know anyone who lives in Iowa, the lovely man who is sponsoring this bill, his name is Senator Jake Chapman, Republican from Adele or Edel. Um, call him. Call him. Call him. Jake, call him. Jake Chapman. Jake Chapman. Um, the difference between this bill and, and Indiana, and one of the reasons that they're a little bit more confident of passing this one, is mm-hmm. that um, it would not prohibit the use of contraception. Thanks so much, guys. And it would also not impose uh, civil or criminal liability on a woman receiving the abortion, but doesn't state anything about punishing the person administering mm-hmm. or facilitating the abortion. Because that's usually the route that's been taken. Like They'll make it seem less austere by not inflicting punishment on the woman seeking it. Exactly. But pursuing other avenues to prohibit her from having it, which is a punishment in and of itself. Exactly. And the other issue is, according to um, reproductive rights supporters, that this would, the the personhood bill um, would reduce access to birth control that is hormone-based because a lot of anti-choice activists state that hormone-based based birth control is considered an abortificant. Again, ridiculous. Um, and it would also take a, away a lot of options for infertility treatments, which when you're talking, when you, when you talk to these people who call themselves pro-life and pro-babies mm. and then you're, you're taking away infertility options from couples who are so desperate for a baby, this is when you really realize how fucking insane it is that these people are call themselves pro-life. That is nuts. Um, All that's consistent here is that they want to restrict a woman's rights. Absolutely. Um, The the Guttmacher Institute, who is just doing such phenomenal work, um, says that Iowa is one of eight states proposing bans on abortion by using this fetal personhood bill which is bonkers and the other states are okay get ready get a pen and (laughs) and start contacting everybody you know who lives in these states ready alabama and by the way these are all 2018 alabama mississippi north dakota colorado iowa fucking iowa texas isn't listed but no it's probably one of them is not personhood they don't have another way um indiana you and what's the other one and ohio speaking of ohio 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 god damn ohio amy i'm we're gonna make that that list of states not to have sex in oh okay (laughs) don't have sex in ohio i wonder if there is something we could do with like Maybe on like dating apps in those <gasps> yes. in those web um, in those states have people put something on their profile like I am not going to date you unless you I don't know we we'll have mean, to think of that you know like Virginia is for lovers Ohio yeah. is definitely not for lovers right Ohio well I mean I mean but like Texas don't fucking Texas. not with that skyline chili they have there I don't Holy even know what that means shit it's like Chili over cream cheese. Oh no! <laughs> I mean, that's not your for first lovers. Clue. <laughs> not for lovers. John Kasich is your second clue. Yeah. Girl, please. I'm sorry, Ohio, Ohioans. All right. Well, here's the problem with Ohio. John Kasich. Yeah. And here's the problem with John Kasich. 
John Kasich is probably going to run again. Yep. And John Kasich is going to get a lot more attention from people saying, oh, he's a moderate and a nice guy. He's anti-Trump. No. I'm about to... um, This is... Amy, I apologize in advance. Fuck that shit. Yeah. Because John Kasich is the most... Anti-moderate. Anti-moderate, anti-woman, anti-gay. Yep. John Kasich is the Midwestern... No, because Indiana is... Midwestern. John Kasich is a brunette Mike Pence. Yeah. I mean, the two of them should get married and live happily ever after. (laughs) Somebody should write fanfic about Kasich and Pence. Ooh, we should start selling, like, Pence and Kasich cake toppers. Yeah! (gasps) For their gay wedding. Can you doodle that? Yeah. (laughs) You guys, Amy, we're going to put this on our Instagram and Twitter. (laughs) Amy is going to make a really adorable Kasich and Pence Happily ever after doodle. Yeah. Remember like, remember like, um, hot pants? Yeah. The game, this is going to be our next big thing. Okay, Okay, great. (laughs) Anyway. So John Kasich has been systematically breaking down with that smug smile on his face, women's access to reproductive rights for the entire time that he has been in government. Look up Samantha Bee's. Porsche or, or video on John Kasich. I have never screamed yes, yes, yes at my mm. television as much as I have watching that. Um, he, in fact, managed to get an anti-choice bill snuck into another bill that was about fixing highways in Ohio. Mm-hmm. That is nuts. I mean, we can't even fix the subway. And mm-hmm. John Kasich manages to tell us that we can't get abortions because highways need to be fixed. I mean, that's crazy. Well, I mean, I guess it shows what governors are capable of. Um, <clears throat> Cuomo. <laughs> so here you go. Last Friday, so a week from yesterday. No, yesterday. Ugh, John, K- happy 2018. John Kasich signed House Bill 214, which prohibits abortions if a fetus has or may have Down syndrome. And this bill was sponsored by two Republican members of the Ohio House, Sarah LaTourette and Derek Marin. You know, you remember, you may remember Sarah LaTourette from a few podcasts ago. She was one of the people that we talked about visiting Mike Pence oh. at the White House when they were considering, I don't know, banning women and abortion okay. from the world. Which is, now that they have their tax bill done, like, right. what else do they have on their agenda? Um, you know? So, this past... Uh, House Bill um, 214 passed in the House on November 1st, 6431, and in the Senate by a vote of 20 to 12. Again, your local elections count, my friends. Yep. Doctors who violate the law will be subject to a fourth degree felony charge and will have their medical licenses revoked. Here are some of the many, many problems with that. Kelly Copeland, who's the executive director of NARAL Pro Choice Ohio, said the new law does nothing to support families taking care of loved ones with down syndrome instead it exploits them as part of a larger anti-choice strategy strategy to systematically make all abortion care illegal yeah so let's talk about this because i mean they're doing this under the pretense that down syndrome babies should not be murdered because that's what abortion is right where it's like Okay, if a woman is underprivileged, has doesn't have the means to take care of a child with Down syndrome, which is like exceedingly demanding, what are they doing to help that mother and benefit this child, child. with Down syndrome's life? So oftentimes, Down, Down syndrome children babies are born with other health issues. Right? Mm-hmm. So those health issues require care that A, this tax bill strips. Yeah. Right? So that's that's just immediately pressing issue number one is that this baby is immediately going to need a lifetime of health insurance. Which Kasich would, in a heartbeat, take away. Right. But issue number two for me is that every single child deserves to be born into a family that is not only ready for them, but ready to love them. 
and ready to care for them wholeheartedly. And if a family gets a test or, or realizes that their life is not set up for a child, regardless of what that child's needs are, mm-hmm. whether that child, and I'm speaking here from, from experience working in a preschool, has Down syndrome or whether that child has Down syndrome and a heart condition or whether that child, in this particular case, has Down syndrome and is going to be born with a life-threatening secondary condition and decides that that's not, they're not prepared to watch their child suffer, that's not up to John Kasich. John Kasich's not going to be the one to stand over that child's hospital crib and watch that child suffer. John Kasich is not going to be the one to shell out hundreds of thousands of dollars and hold that baby in his arms for the weeks that he has to live. No, and John John Kasich has no place in telling a woman or a family what they can do. Right. And John Kasich is not listening to the doctor's diagnosis and hearing the specifics of, you know... Other complications. Exactly. And if a, if a family or a woman doesn't have the means to take care of a Down syndrome baby, it's not a far stretch that she wouldn't have the means to travel to another state right. to get an abortion, which she would now have to do. Right. And this is already passed. It's already signed into law, and it goes into effect next year. So this is something that's completely real. And... She's not She's not going to be able to afford to travel to another state to have an abortion. She's going to be forced to have a child now with Down syndrome or the doctor or she won't be able to find a doctor who will perform it because they'll be facing fourth degree murder charges. And no medical license. And Amy, like you said, you know, the, there are all of these people who say, well, she should put them up for adoption. You know what? Mm-hmm. How is... A baby with Down syndrome going to fare in the system. Yeah, so we're I mean, gonna have our foster so care many children system. right now in the foster care system. Who? Yeah, really. There was a, an unbelievably heartbreaking article in the Times about foster care children overwhelmingly suffering from the opioid epidemic. Mm-hmm. We're gonna put more children in that system. It's overburdened, and it. This whole thing is just unconscionable. Yeah. And then, like we were already saying, like they're stripping away health care. Right. All, all of this to give tax cuts to the rich so that... Well, tax cuts and private planes. Tax and cuts important. and private planes to the rich while simultaneously just keeping women from not having autonomy over their bodies, which I can't understand what the benefit is in that, but I guess because I'm not like a fucking... White man. I'm going to ask Mike Pence when he comes on the podcast. Yeah. Amy, how's Texas doing? Oh, okay. So Texas. (laughs) uh, Speaking of places not to have sex. Yeah. So my other thing from... uh, I sent you... From Jesse was just fucking Texas. (laughs) Yes. So the other articles I sent Amy had links and um, summaries... This one was a link and it just said fucking Texas. Fucking Texas. This is great. So... Look. Yeah, why don't you recap The Dallas Observer (laughs) did say that some of the most stringent anti-abortion legislation was rejected, including a... This is... Thank you, Dallas Observer, for this one. Including a blatantly unconstitutional bill from state rep Tony Tinderholt. (laughs) I mean... Tony Tinderholt? Tony what are you, Tinderholt. like a, like a, like a cowboy Setting doll? women's rights on fire. Tony Tinderholt sounds like the bad guy in a bad cowboy movie. Yeah. Um, and that one would have banned abortion statewide. But, ugh, um, if there are no changes in 2018 to the House or the Senate, and <clears throat> here's my push to vote for Beto O'Rourke. Vote Please for vote for Beto. Um, Beto. Uh, advocates are predicting that the um, women's rights in Texas are just going to continue to erode. And that is hugely upsetting both for just the state of women's rights itself and also because um, Texas has such a, a 
storied history, if you look at Anne Richards and Cecile Richards, um, that has gone quickly and stunningly downhill. Um, Whole Women's Health is based in Texas. Um, They're still fighting for their rights. I mean, I think that Texas is the perfect case study for how effectively anti-choice advocates have attacked women's rights systematically and quickly. Um, So the big piece of anti-abortion legislation is by none other than Governor Greg Abbott. He just, we need like sound effects. Okay, so Senate Bill 8 just puts all the like shit bills into one bill. Um, It hasn't gone into effect yet because of two ongoing federal lawsuits. That's fun. Hmm. And this is a great one. This one bans fetal tissue donation in the state and requires all tissues obtained during an abortion to be buried or cremated. Oh, my God. Okay, now, if you look up what fetal tissue can be used for, Mm -hmm. it's it's an amazing array of things. It can be used for stem cell research. Right. It can be used for Parkinson's. Okay, but that's one thing. The other thing is it bans dilation and evacuation. D&E. The D&E is the safest and most common procedure for second trimester abortions. Without, and, and, wait a second, it does not give exceptions for rape or incest. So here's the thing. I have known so many women to have D&Es. Mm-hmm. Most of those women mm-hmm. have D&Es because their fetus has no heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Because their fetus is already non-viable. Mm-hmm. And they go for D&Es, in, not even in hospitals. They go for D&Es either in their gynecologist's mm-hmm. office or in a clinic. Yeah. And it's an outpatient procedure. Mm-hmm. So your alternative to this... Is carrying to term. Exactly. Carrying... A dead fetus in you for months. Right, which can cause septus, sepsis, oh which can God. cause so many. Ugh! Yeah. Okay. The, and it's putting the woman's life at rest. Exactly. And this happens in other countries where doctors have to wait for the woman's life to be apt to actually be at risk before they do something about it. So um, Lucy Stein, who's the advocacy director for Progress Texas, she said that SB8 is the most important anti abortion bill to come out of the legislature since. 2013, especially the ban on D&E. In 2016, the Supreme Court overturned two significant portions of the law. Um, And this is the Whole Woman's Health Clinic challenge this one. The requirements that any doctor who performs abortion in the state have admitting privileges at hospital within 30 miles of the abortion clinic and that all abortion clinics be outfitted as surgery centers, which again is just fucking nuts i mean our dentists Mm -hmm. don't have that and they do surgery more often than yeah it's crazy and what she what lucy stein said was when these laws are passed they don't operate in a vacuum you've had decades of abortion restrictions piling up so the 2013 law despite being struck down by the supreme court closed half the state's abortion clinics the clinics haven't been able to reopen so we're still operating with half the clinics that we had in 2014 this has led to longer wait times more than two weeks longer and waiting longer increases the likelihood that a woman will be in her second trimester as she seeks to terminate her pregnancy. Exactly. Um, it's their whole strategy is to do this piecemeal. Exactly. And like I was saying before, like just put one more nail in the coffin. Right. So I think Amy, like you said, this is entirely strategic, right? Mm-hmm. What they're trying to do is the longer you make a woman wait in their mind, the more, likely it is that she then will wait too long and not be able to have the abortion yeah um it is cruel it's inhumane and it should be ruled unconstitutional but now we have neil gorsuch on the bench and we're gonna have to wait and see what happens i think that it's important that we're talking about this even though we're in new york um i mean because i really just think that not enough people know about these imminent threats and aren't talking about them and they're not realizing what's at stake when they're going to the ballots or if they're going to the ballots at all. And why the midterms and these local, more local elections are so important. I mean, sometimes, like, look what happened in Virginia. Yeah. Where they did a tiebreaker by voting out of a 
fucking bowl. No, Virginia, come on. Get your shit together, Virginia. But like, if can one you have more a better role in your constitution than that? I know. I mean, at least have like a duel or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, we could write a musical based well, on yeah. that. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's crazy, and I I really think I mean this is another reason why a people have to vote and a and b people have to run. Like you gotta run. I mean, I'm not gonna do much good over here in Brooklyn, but you know, we're doing what we can. Run for governor. We're do- <laughs> no, I'm we're gonna give it. Zephyr teacher <laughs> another shot at that, <laughs> and maybe Cynthia Nixon. <laughs> Get her on the podcast too. Yeah. So okay, um, I wanted to talk about this article that I sent you, which yeah. you had already read, and yeah. we had very mixed reactions to it. Yeah. So basically, uh, okay, publicly we say hashtag me too. Privately, we have misgivings. So, okay, we didn't have completely different reactions to this because when I first read this, I was like, okay, like this, there are a lot of dog whistles in here. She's definitely stating things like in an exaggerated way to make her point, which I'm not even totally clear on what her whole point is. But there were a couple things that I did agree with. Okay, so she's talking about, I mean, and we're going to like, you're going to tell me what upset you as well. I fucking hated this article so much. I know, I know, I know. But sometimes it's good for us to have discussions where we're not totally on the same page. It makes it more interesting. No, absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. Okay, so what she's saying is, that yes, like publicly, we're calling out all these men in society and like taking them down, but privately, we're just like not sure, like if that's what we should be doing, or like think that maybe some people are going a little too far. And then I think what she's saying then is because privately, we're thinking that people are going too far, it's going to upend the entire movement. Now, I do think there is some merit in at least one example that she said, which was the students trying to get the painting taken down. Um, Where was that? At the Met? At the Met. Because it featured a a young girl. It was a Balthus painting. Yes. And they weren't successful. In my opinion, that seemed a little unnecessary. And I could see it as fodder for critics being like, see, like, they've gone too far. This is so ridiculous now at this point. And then it further kind of undermining, like, the real changes in society that we want to make. So that was kind of what I was taking from what she was saying. And I, I think there's, like, a tiny little bit of truth in that. But I think that the way she's saying it is, is like, very condescending. Um, but why don't you, like, say what pissed you off so much about this article? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> um, look, I think that yesterday there were so many bad takes. Um, the Daily Beast wrote an article calling Kirsten Gillibrand. Um, oh, I didn't see that. Oh, it was... Oh, I do not like when people come for my Kirsten Gillibrand. So it was also, listen, if you're going to come for people's policies, you come mm-hmm. for people's policies. But they called Kirsten Gillibrand, I think, any, it was basically calling her shrill. It was every single adjective that they used for Hillary Clinton. What the and fuck? All right, I'll give you fucking shrill. I am not ready for the misogynist hot takes. So it was that. And then... I know we're gonna have to get started on on all the, the the sexual abuse allegations, mm-hmm. and then this. And so I won't go paragraph by paragraph, but I basically went paragraph by paragraph and got <laughs> more annoyed and more upset. Um, you know, she starts off by saying that that Hollywood is not known for their independent thinking. Two days before this article came out, the times the up times up campaign, campaign started. In conjunction with Monica Ramirez and Trabajadores, who I yeah love and adore. But um, I do want to counter that with saying that is not them 
they aren't forward. I mean, okay, I guess it depends on how you define forward thinking, but they're not the ones independent taking thinking. the. I, I honestly like, I don't know about that because anybody. No, no, no. I mean, her words are Daphne Merkin's words were, the the Golden Globes are just about the black dresses. Mm-hmm. She makes no mention of Times Up, and I feel that is so. Okay, I get it. Un- that she's not giving them credit exactly. where credits do. But I will say that, like, I do not think that we need to overcredit Hollywood with, like, coming up with, like, no, this whole Time's Up thing. Because, Rose like, they, Travel Hadoras has been doing that forever. Absolutely. They're definitely not spearheading anything. But she makes no mention of that. Right. She makes no mention of Rose McGowan, who basically put her entire career at risk. Yes, she did. You know, Mira Sorvino, who's been fighting sex trafficking for decades and also lost her career. I mean, this is so disingenuous. And then when I really lost my shit is when she said that the women she knows of all ages have responded to the Me Too movement with Mm -hmm. a mixture of, quote, slightly horrified excitement Mm -hmm. bordering on titillation as to who will be the next man accused. You know what? (laughs) I know absolutely no one who is either excited or titillated. Yesterday, three men that I know of were accused of sexual abuse. It was Paul Haggis, mm-hmm. who, director and screenwriter, and I know people who have worked with him. It was Ben Vereen, who, again, one of my like greatest moments is when he sang to me on my 16th birthday, but that's besides the point. <laughs> and one of the women who accused him is my friend's girlfriend. Uh-huh. And the director of the Toronto Film Festival, who I know people who have both worked with him and who have accused him. So yesterday was not like to say titillating and exciting was almost was was so offensive. It's stupid and it's unnuanced and it reads like someone who has never actually been a victim of something like that. And you know what? Like and then she goes on to talk about fragility. And what I want to say to her is the fact that we that we know that more men and more men are going to be accused men that we are that we know men that we respect in these mm-hmm. cases and the fact that like we deal with this shit every day you know Amy you and I have talked about the the bullshit that we mm-hmm. go through just getting to work every day yeah whatever we take that in stride right so we right. are Far from fragile. We're not saying, oh, poor us. What we're saying is, we don't fucking want to deal with this shit. Right? I'm not saying, oh, poor us. I'm saying, I want less of this. I'm saying, I know where the lines are. Mm -hmm. I don't see why men don't. I think, like I was saying before, I think there's more nuance in this. Like, I and you, you and I. Yes. (laughs) We deal with this shit. (laughs) With all women. Um, you know, we get catcalled, we get hit on by creepy men, whatever. I, I don't want it to be made, like, what she's saying is a concern that we're going to be, like, over-fragilized. That's not a word, but, no, but I, I love it. it up. Um, and she, she may be going to an extreme as frail as Victorian housewives. Yeah. Um, but it's like, okay. It's true. I want the autonomy to be like, dude, I don't need you to walk me home. You know, I'm going to be fine. Like, I can handle myself. And that's probably the reaction I would have. Like, actually, me and Steven were having this really heated, actually, discussion about this very thing. Because he was telling me about this girl at work. Like, she was hit on a lot. And so these guys took it upon themselves to walk her home. And I'm like, okay, well... Were they walking her home to curry favor with her because you already said she was very good looking? Did she ask? Or she asked. Okay, fine. Or actually, I don't know if she asked. She made it known that this was happening, and I honestly don't know if she asked or not. But I was like, you know what? That's kind of... it. I don't like that. Like, I don't want to feel like the norm is that I have to be walked home by a man because I'm going to be hit on by... You know, it's kind, it is kind of like... And that particular instance seems like an overreaction. Unless, yeah, her life is being threatened or whatever. But it's like the the larger conversation here is 
yeah, society is still fucked up and we're having these conversations and everything is still very ambiguous. Um, you know, like how do you react if a man is making a move on you and, you know, kisses you and okay. It's not in work because that would obviously be inappropriate. Um, but you know, maybe you like him, maybe you don't like, maybe you were hoping that he would finally make a move. Maybe you just really liked him as a friend and, feel very uncomfortable with him making a move like it is I think that's also another point that Daphne is trying to make here is that you know it's very ambiguous right now and there shouldn't be like an overcorrection but she's not making it very gracefully she's making it very condescendingly and the problem is she mucked up if that's the point that she was trying to make she mucked up any chance of making that point by bringing in like she wrote where is women's agency mm-hmm. the fact is like so yesterday one of Roy Moore's accusers right house burned down and they're suspecting arson so by saying that women are you know fa- frail flowers and we have no agency at this time when women are literally risking their lives their careers their families by speaking out mm-hmm. is one thing. And then by saying women have no agency, but then at the same time, men are the ones who are sexual aggressors. She's, mm-hmm. it's just a confused, I found the article both offensive, disingenuous, and poorly written. Like <laughs> she just, she, it was contradictory. Yeah. And, and, and I think that if that's the statement she wanted to make, she needed to strip away all this other fucking bullshit. Right. And make that statement. Because she, she was grasping right. like, straws. Yeah. Oh my God. Mm. Um, so, yes. Is is consent messy sometimes? Totally. But you know what's going to make it less messy? is for everybody to start talking about it more. And yeah. so, what is happening right now? People are talking about it. And that's only going to make it better. And what she's doing is saying we have to talk about it less because talking about it is is making women, you know, fragile. Fuck you. I think what she's saying is, like, we, like, it's really hard because it's hard to find the balance between, like, being respectful of women and women, (laughs) you know, like, being respectful of women and trying to make romantic moves. Yes, but we all know how to do that. Women know how to do that. They need to figure their shit out. But I'm sorry, I'm yelling that, because it's Daphne. I'm not yelling at men. No, but like, I know. You know. But I do think that... Amy, you and I know not to go up to a guy in a bar and grab him by the dick and kiss him. Right? <laughs> what? No one's that's writing like articles. I know that's how you got your boyfriend. But like, <laughs> no one's writing articles about like, oh no, women are not going to be able to like casually grab us by the balls. No one's writing those articles. No, you're right. Um, Mike Pence isn't writing that article, Amy. John Isaac is not writing that article. I think, though, that there is, like... I'm getting heated. I know. But I do maintain that, like, a woman should just be able to be, like, I'm not interested without, like, freaking out that she's being sexually harassed. I think the instance, though, of women saying that is so much rarer than these articles are having us believe. It's like the guys who are writing, like, oh, everyone's crying rape. No. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why it's like, this is such a... Like, and I, I don't need I this right now. This, I keep using this word, but it's so true. Like, it's so complex and it's so nuanced. And so to have, like, a blanket statement about any part of it is so difficult because it could be contradicted by another, like, real-life scenario. Well, that's why I even took offense at the title. Like, we say it in private. Yeah. If you want to say I say it in private, fine, but speak for yourself. Yeah. Daphne Merkin. Yeah, it really is like speak for yourself. And it doesn't really seem like she's coming from a place of like. Like, how many women do you know? Three? (laughs) Yeah. I, it's, it's really, it's, it's something. I think that everybody should read it though. I, cause I, I think it is important to talk about and. It does just show, like, the importance of a greater overall conversation that's society-wide. And also, like, just, I mean, she does say this too, but, like, starting with, like, the children that 
we're raising. Like, because you, it's hard to, like, say this and have a man understand who isn't familiar with this frame of mind. I'm just raising all children to go up and grab each other by the balls. <laughs> the extreme. The polar <laughs> fine. Okay. <laughs> I'm calling it the Daphne Merkin. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. None of us know the answer. <laughs> Trump does. He's a stable genius. Oh, right. I, we're not, if only we're as stable oh, as no. smart as Trump. I need Zephyr Teachout to come on and tell me what she thinks. Yeah, I'm going to... I know I always say this about people that I'm going to like invite them on, but I think we should invite We should Zephyr, invite her on. Zephyr Teachout. Yeah. That would be good. Okay. Um, okay. So let's talk about a little bit about some her, things on the horizon for war. Okay. Um, okay. We're marching, baby. Marching! Uh, we're going to have our women's march. We're, war is leading the Get Organized Brooklyn faction. I am of so The Brooklyn excited. Grassroots Resistance Movement. Um, we are meeting at, where are we meeting? At 10 a.m. 10 a.m. at some place on the F-stop. <laughs> if it's running on time. Yeah. Um, Uptown Roasters? Oh, Uptown Roasters. At 10 a.m. 10 a.m., baby. We have a banner. We're going to be making I love our signs. banner. Oh, yeah. Our, ba- it's, our banner hasn't even been brought out since the fall. It's pretty epic. Um, and, yeah, so that's going to be a big thing that's happening on January 20th. We're going to have our T-shirts. It's going to be, oh, my God. Yes. Uh, we had T-shirts made. They Who say, designed them, Amy? Who designed them? I didn't. <laughs> All I did was put our logo on a T-shirt. <laughs> It's the Amy Bennett's original. <laughs> Hopefully it won't be so cold so people can see our t-shirts. I know. Um, they're a black v-neck, which was very important to a lot of our co-chairs. Yeah, people have very, <laughs> very, very strong, strong opinions about necks. Strong preferences about neck shape. Yeah. Um, so I don't care. I'm picking, I honestly don't care either, yeah. but I'm picking them up. Martin Luther King Day. Woohoo! Yes. Um, and giving them out at our meeting on the 17th, which is, oh, that's another big thing. We're doing a co-meeting with Indivisible Nation BK, and we're going to be hosting Luba Gretchen Shirley, yes. who's running against Representative Peter King Boo. from Long Island. And she's also running against this other, like, millionaire we Democrat in the him. primary. Luba, who, Luba. Yeah, but, like, people need to know why they don't want to vote for this oh, other right, Democrat guy true. in the primary because, I mean, he's going to be better funded, but he literally just registered as a Democrat. Yeah. Um, changed his ticket from being a Republican this year. Luba got very convenient, though. Huh? Luba got great endorsements. Who endorsed her? Didn't Besides we get... us. Oh well, she <laughs> she got the most important endorsement, which is us. Yeah. Um, the most influential, right, of her endorsements. I saw. I'm gonna look it up really quick so I don't get it wrong, Luba. Um, I met her at the Get Organized Brooklyn Ring in the Resistance fundraiser, and she is so smart. She's dedicated all of her career to the betterment of women, and I'm just, I I really like her. I like her a lot. And the guy she's running against, the millionaire, is Tim Gomes, just registered as a Democrat in 2018. Um, Peter King, on the other hand... Votes with Trump 88% of the time. Hmm. Hmm. So I think that, um, I think we know what we got to do. Go to Luba Gretchen Shirley's website and give her money. Yeah. Because Luba for number four Congress is her. Luba for Congress. And you spell her name L-I-U-B-A. Yes. All right. So that's on the 17th. And then the Women's March is on the 20th. And then in February, on the 15th, War is co-hosting a big event with um, our sister group, Indivisible Nation Brooklyn, BK, to have the one and only Attorney General Eric Schneiderman. Okay, so I love him. He's going to be a speaker, and we are going to highlight the state issues and federal issues yeah. surrounding women's reproductive rights Amy, and access. I have a really important question What for Eric Schneiderman, what Attorney is it? General. 
I want to know where he keeps his capes because mm. I swear to you that man is a superhero. <gasps> Maybe we make him a cape. <gasps> I don't know. Would he wear cape. it? We could find out. <laughs> that you <he> <laughs> Maybe it's a cape and it has a big W on the back in glitter. Amazing. He deserves all the glitter. Maybe we'll award him with a cape. Yes, award February 15th. to him. Award. Oh, that. that was good. That I'll was real good. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're also doing Valentine's Day. Oh yeah, Valentine's Day. Yep. Galentine's Tell me more Day. about that because I I don't think I. have caught all those emails oh, this was my I, I think i sent this email in the middle of the night galentine's day we are going to um drink fruity things oh. and eat lots of brownies and we are going to send valentine's oh, to yes. mike pence uh-huh. and paul ryan and mitch mcconnell and all our idc representatives let's throw cuomo in there too and cuomo yeah and tell them why we need our reproductive rights protected. Yeah. So get ready for those postcards, pals. Yeah. From your gals. Cuomo, if you're listening, which I'm sure you are, or maybe if it's just Alfonso David and and then he's going to recap our podcast to you. Yeah. Hi, Alfonso. Hi, Kelly. You know, look out for our our Valentine's Day cards in the mail. I'm going to stock up on all the glitter. Mm-hmm. Go to Target. Get some more of that. Michael's actually has a sale today. Giant flake glitter, though. I mean, I know, but I have a teacher discount at Michael's. Okay, well, and they're having go a sale to Michael's. This the bigger the flake, the better. The better. Okay, that's my glitter motto. Oh, great. Okay, I like a combo. Oh. I like a big flake, and then I like a shimmer on there. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, on that note, I think that sums up. Everything that we had to say. I think people should tweet us with ideas of who they want on our podcast. Because hmm. I really liked when Zellner was on our podcast. Oh, yeah. And I want to know who they want next. Also, people should keep giving Zellner money. Oh, yeah. I'm just a fan of giving him money. Um, Zellner, still a plug for Zellner. He's filing his finances January 15th. He He's quitting his job this month. Oh. So. So you should um, just tweet him your congratulations mm-hmm. and send him your money and go to z4ny.com right yep yep and then tweet um amy and me at this is war and tell us who should be on our next podcast yeah maybe it's zephyr teach out maybe it's a pink maybe oh. pink, maybe pink wants to come who, on our why podcast not? maybe she wants to perform for us i, I mean, don't know amy cooks really good food maybe I mean, it's uh Jeff i have Kasich. this Maybe it's John Kasich. And Who we knows? Can, we could give him, the, give him the third degree. Yeah. Third degree burn. Yeah. Bam. But I have this mic now, so I feel like if Pink yeah, wanted to come puns. on. <laughs> okay, we got to go before I keep making <laughs> yeah. bad puns. Okay. All right. See you next da-da-da-da. time. Bye. <laughs>